Hello, welcome to the Love Yourself Healthy Podcast. I am Melanie Lillis, eating psychology coach and nutritional therapist. We are going to be diving into the realm of all things health, yet talking about them from the mind-body nutrition dimensions. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to the Love Yourself Healthy Podcast. I am... Honestly, so happy you're back and listening. I just love podcasting and like I know this is only my second podcast ever, but I've been on such a high ever since I started and all I can do is just think about um, every topic that I want to cover, every person that I want to try to get into interview and how many things I can teach you purely just through speaking into a microphone. Like it's just, uh, it makes me really happy knowing that the information that I really want to share with everyone um, is going to be out there and is going to be free for people to hear and listen to. Today's podcast is something that I really wanted to cover and I guess one of the main reasons I really wanted to cover this was because there are so many diets out there and there's so many things that a lot of people are trying and I know it's just because they hear a success story from one person and they think, okay, if that works for them, it's going to work for me, how about I give it a go? And something that I've also noticed a lot of people trying lately is intimate fasting and I have no problem with intimate fasting. I have no problem with people trying different diets. I just want to stress before I get into anything that if it works for you, it works for you. If you have no health complaints, if you're not struggling with any type of weight issue, any type of digestion issue, any type of nutrition issue, etc., then I'm not going to try and change what you're doing. I just want to stress that because some things that work for some people just really do not work for others. And what I want to cover today is something called biocircadian nutrition, and that is our eating rhythm, so our meal timing. A lot of people are now focused not just on what they eat, but also on when they eat. And honestly, I think people are looking at this from the wrong kind of perspective. So I really wanted to give my advice on this one. There is a nutritional strategy called biocircadian nutrition, and it's also known as meal timing. And it's a powerful tool that has actually been used by sumo wrestlers. And I know that uh, that's pretty much the opposite of uh, what we're trying to achieve here, which I guess is not putting on weight. But stick with me here. Sumo wrestlers don't get that huge just because they are kind of born fat, if that makes sense. They use specific meal timing. So when their metabolism is at its lowest and calorie burning is at its lowest to gain the weight. Okay, so this is a scientifically proven strategy that we have a higher or lower metabolism, calorie burning capacity, absorption of nutrients at different times of the day. So first and foremost, as I said before, it is important to remember that we are all different and we have different nutritional needs uh, as well as our meal timing. Okay, but to help you understand it a little bit better, I did want to share uh, some of the science behind eating rhythms and some of the observations of biocircadian nutrition um, that's in the real world. So I just want you to consider the observations and then I guess you can decide yourself whether the scenarios apply to your circumstances. Here's a common habit, and I'm sure many of us have been guilty of this one at some point. I know I have throughout my health journey. <laughs> so let's say uh, you wake up in the morning 
and you decide against eating breakfast and you just think, I'm not hungry, I'll have a cup of coffee, maybe some cereal, uh, maybe a piece of fruit. If I eat just enough to get me through to lunch, this is going to help me lose weight because I'm going to be lowering my calories. And many, many people think this is a good strategy to lose weight. And as I said, for some, and I'm going to suggest minority, yeah, okay, this is going to work. But I promise you, for the most part, it's not. And science is also going to back me up here and say that this is not a good strategy. Your body temperature is actually rising in the morning, and that's to prepare you for metabolic changes. So if you don't eat much or if you don't eat at all in the morning, it's actually going to stress the body because the body's going to think, uh, I was going to raise the metabolism with a morning meal. I thought I was going to get an abundance of food, but you know what? There's actually not that much here. There must be a famine. So I'm just going to slow down your metabolism, store as much as I can in your fat stores and refrain from building your muscle. There's going to be tough times ahead. So our body is going to try and make us a survivor. Now, this survival response is genetically programmed, okay? And it is an actual brilliant mechanism, and it does ensure that we will survive in disasters or famines. Well, it helps us to anyway. If the brain senses a low food supply, it's going to make simple changes to the metabolism in order to conserve your energy. So it's going to store fat, and it's going to stop building muscle. I know this kind of sounds like, oh, why can't the brain be a little bit smarter and just realize I just want to lose weight? But I am genuinely pretty amazed at how the body can do these kind of things. And I, I'm going to give it a high five for all of us because it is amazing and it is going to help us. Yet, this incredible survival response does create the opposite effect of what you want when you're losing weight. So if you are someone that's sitting there thinking, um, that's me, I'm struggling to lose weight, maybe I've got some digestion issues, and I maybe have some constipation in the morning, if you are one that's skipping your brekkie, listen up, okay? This might really apply to you. All right, let's keep going with the real life scenarios. Put your hand in the air if you are guilty of drinking coffee for breakfast. Shame on you. No, I kid. <laughs> I kid, I am one of those people, I love coffee. <laughs> but you are making the situation even worse because coffee actually raises the cortisol levels in your body. Remember that hormone that we spoke about in the last podcast? Cortisol is the chemical that signals the body to store weight, store fat, and not build muscle. It's a stress hormone. So this means that the caffeine stimulates the stress response, which encourages uh, weight gain. This doesn't mean that coffee is bad. As I just said before, I love coffee and I actually drink coffee in the morning as well. But if you are combining it with a lack of food, that's when you're going to have some issues. Okay, That's when you're going to have significantly higher cortisol levels. And this will ultimately suppress your digestion and it will prevent weight loss no matter how many calories you're trying to avoid. As you see, it will keep coming back to the essential role that cortisol plays in general health and weight maintenance. Now, cortisol isn't a bad guy. I will be mentioning it quite a lot throughout this podcast, but it is an integral hormone of the body, and without it, we actually couldn't exist. In the correct quantity, it actually will help you manage the function of every single one of our major body systems. But when we are consistently overproducing cortisol, we will prematurely age, we will gain weight, and we're going to slowly wear down the body systems. 
All right, let's go back to our eating patterns. Let's go back into a real life scenario. Say it's lunchtime and you have either eaten your brekkie or you've eaten a small brekkie, or maybe you've had nothing at all. And you decide mid-morning that you're going to have another coffee. You have some energy, but you don't really feel the need or desire to eat a big lunch. Remember that you are someone that is trying to uh, decrease the amount of calories that you're eating in the day. But maybe as well, you just don't actually have time for lunch. So if you're someone listening and you think, hey, I'm not actually trying to decrease my calories here. I just don't have time in the morning, so I grab something on the go. And I don't have time at lunch, so I'm not eating uh, a big meal. I want to stress that it needs to be an importance to you. Maybe you need to wake up a little bit earlier to have the brekkie. Maybe you need to make sure you have a scheduled time for lunch. If you're doing this kind of eating pattern, you're actually encouraging your body to work against you. Your body is designed to digest and burn the most amount of calories when the sun is at its peak. So when you don't give your body the adequate fuel during this period, you're going to miss the peak metabolic rate for the day. So typically, the peak should be around about 12 to 1.30. If you fail to fuel your body during this peak, you're going to miss your ultimate calorie burning capacity and when your metabolism is working at its best. So many people become irritable around about the afternoon time. And this is where I think a lot of people got that 3.30-itis <laughs> um, saying from because around 3.30-itis, people are getting sluggish, irritable, and you want to grab a quick snack. But by this time, an apple's not going to cut it. And usually people are going to reach for the sugary foods like the cookies or the chocolate or the lollies or the chips. It's usually going to be an unhealthy snack. <laughs> Who else is sitting back there thinking, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> Look, if you don't have a healthy and a consistent eating habit, you have an abnormal rhythm called arrhythmia. And that means you're just not in sync with your body's natural flow. If you're following this kind of eating pattern, the cycle is not going to stop at lunch. As we know, eating smaller calories in the day and skipping meals leads to those dreaded late night munchies or overeating in the afternoon. If you follow such an arrhythmic eating pattern, you're more than likely going to have a large snack before dinner and then potentially even overeat at dinner or maybe you're overeating after dinner or binge eating. And this is where the issue is. You're trying your hardest to lose weight. You're trying your hardest to cut down your calories. So when you wake up, that's what you're doing. You're either skipping brekkie or having no breakfast and then it gets to lunchtime and you're still feeling, I guess, pretty headstrong and you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to have a big lunch. And this is where the issue is because when you get to the afternoon or you get to dinner time, your body is craving and that's when it's hard to keep that self-control. And, and unfortunately, the body's ability to actually burn calories in the nighttime is significantly lower to in the day. And this is in preparation for the rest and recovery stage. So if you're eating your large meal around about 8 p.m., it becomes a higher caloric load on the body than if you'd actually eaten the same meal at lunchtime. And this has actually been such a big one when it comes to people trying to lose weight because let's have a think about it for a second. A lot of people's biggest meals of the day are at dinner time. I know mine used to be, and I'm not sure why that was. I think it's just how we grew up. I'm not too sure, but my family used to have quite a big dinner, and I think that's the same for most people. So not being able to burn as many calories in the nighttime isn't the only downside of eating large meals before bed. When you eat too much before bed, you're going to miss out on the benefits of a good sleep. 
So during sleep, your metabolism changes, and this allows the body to focus on maintenance, detoxification, repair, growth of tissues, things like that. And it's during sleep that the body grows new muscle and bone. So the liver, your main detoxification organ, it does most of its work in the late evening and early hours of the morning when you really should be fast asleep. I'm sure you all know that sleep is vital for effective function and repair of the body, and if we don't get enough sleep, our bodies will pay the price. When you eat a lot of food before bedtime, the energy will be rerouted. So instead of repairing, detoxifying, and growing, we're going to be focusing now on digesting the food that's in your stomach. And that means greater blood flow throughout the body, and that's going to disturb sleep and even prevent the deep sleep that you need. So you might be thinking, when is the ultimate time to consume your dinner? And as I've been saying, everyone is really different, but you'll often hear nutritional experts recommend that you consume your dinner around about four hours before bedtime. And yeah, I think that's a pretty good recommendation. And that's because four hours is enough for most people to actually fully digest and metabolize a meal. So if you allow this time uh, to finish your meal, your body's not going to have to raise the temperature when you're sleeping in order to metabolize the food. So a lower temperature just means that it's easier for sleep onset to occur, followed by a restful night's sleep, and your body gets a chance to actually do what it's supposed to do overnight. So you're going to be able to heal, detoxify, rebuild, and restore without having to divert any of that energy to digestion. So I just want to quickly summarize kind of what I've spoken about. Throughout my career as a mind-body coach and a nutritional therapist, a lot of the clients that I have seen have done this exact eating pattern. So they're having their small brekkie, they're having their coffee to kind of suppress their appetite, having a small lunch, they get to the afternoon and they just lose control. So I really want to urge you to enjoy a hearty breakfast. Take your time consuming a relaxed lunch away from your desk or away from any kind of work that you're doing and finish with a smaller dinner well before bedtime. So everybody, now that you have some strategies and tools to aid you in your weight loss journey, it's time to experiment. So learn what works best for you and your body. We all have our unique body shape. We all have unique weight distribution, lifestyle and demands. It's all right to make mistakes along the way, but like, be curious, become a scientist about your own body. Learn what works for it and learn what doesn't. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Melanie Lillis or you can email me at lyh underscore podcast at outlook.com. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. Bye-bye.